You're listening to Faith at Work, brought to you by LymeRevive.org. Information and healing for Lyme disease. Now to our host, Carl Grant. Welcome to Faith at Work. I'm Carl Grant, here with Charles Mann, the legend. Uh, Charles, I remember you playing football as I was uh, growing up in, in high school, and uh, but you're, doing, you're a businessman now. You're here in a suit. Talk to us a little bit about that work journey. Uh, it's a long one. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you go from the gridiron and, and having, you know, the 60,000 people applaud you and uh, to all of a sudden the applause stops. You're in your 20s or 30s. I happen to be 33 at the time. And you've got to, you know, put on your pants and strap your boots up again and go to work. You know, I wasn't independently wealthy in 1995 when I retired. So, you know, you have to come up with something else. I I hadn't didn't have a college degree, uh, but was told that I would be very good in the in the media. So I went in right into Channel 9 WSA and I worked there for five years and I quickly found out I didn't like that kind of work. It was mean-spirited for the most part. We didn't want to know the good stuff about people in the sports world. We wanted to know the negative stuff. You know, at the time, Allen Iverson was about to turn pro, and so we broke the story that he was going to turn pro because he's riding around in a $100,000 Mercedes-Benz. That's not a pleasant story to break and then have John Thompson looking you dead in the face saying, you know, don't ruin this kid's career. And then Michael Westbrook and Stephen Davis got into a fight on the football field, and Michael Westbrook just just beat Stephen Davis up really bad. And our, we broke that news, my station, and it was that kind of stuff. You know, I was do, even doing TV, and when I was doing TV in the booth, they were saying, in my IFB, they were saying, more critical, more critical. They want you to be more critical of the player instead of just telling it like it is. So you're you're in real estate now. How did yes. you how did you migrate from TV and football to to real estate? Well, um, nobody knows this, but in my rookie season in 1983, when I got done with that football season, I took an eight day crash course to get my real estate license. Really? And that was uh, residential real estate. And I bought my own home, sold a couple of players' homes, and hung my license at White House Real Estate, Ken McKeon's office, who Ken McKeon was a really good friend of Joe Gibbs, and Ken McKeon also now has a very famous son named Toby Mack, who's a great Christian artist. And uh, anyway, Ken McKeon has since passed away. But that that was my first stint. So in 1984, I had my license. You also have a pretty interesting uh, college story. Would you share that yeah. with us? Well, um, I went to, I only played one year of high school football. So I didn't have a bunch of schools coming at me with, with um, uh, scholarships. And that's the only way I was going to go to school. So I went to a football camp at Oregon State. So Oregon State offered me, I went to a football camp there at 16. So they remembered me, offered me a full ride. But that was on AstroTurf. And then Reno, Nevada, Nevada, Reno, the Wolfpack, offered me a full ride. That was on turf. Um, that was on grass. I had already had a knee operation, and so I knew I didn't want to play on that astroturf. And astroturf back then is not the astroturf of today. So I went to the University of Nevada at Reno. It was 133 miles away from home. It was all uphill, uh, Sacramento sea level. 
and Reno is 5,000 something elevation. So you, you go all the way up to 7,000 and you come into the Valley of Reno. So I was there uh, cutting my teeth, learning the, 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 the business of college football. And then my junior year, um, my family had a family meeting. There was eight of us, eight children. And uh, we had a meeting, which we no- normally didn't never have. And that meeting was to let us know that my father was dying of terminal cancer. Several months later, March 17th, St. Paddy's Day in 1982, he passed away. Um, I came home, uh, and I didn't go back to school. So I stayed at home. I was basically dropped out of school. And my brother, who went to Stanford, played basketball, and now is an anesthesiologist, he uh, came to me and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to take care of Mom. I'm going to do what Dad would would have wanted us to do. And he said, he wouldn't have wanted you to, to... drop everything and come take care of mom, the best way you're going to take care of mom is get a college degree. So I thought about it for a couple of weeks, maybe a month, and then I finally went back to school. I had to go back to summer school and all that to get back eligible. But my senior year, I committed to no womanizing, no fraternizing with a bunch of the people I was fraternizing with, no drinking, none of this stuff. I wasn't going to do any of that stuff. And I was going to make a difference that year. I was going to really try to make a shot at going to the pros. Well, uh, the school season started, and you know, slowly but surely, that was, those were commitments. You know, a twenty-year-old is trying to make for himself, and you can't do that without the help, somebody's help. And so, you know, I didn't womanize. I didn't go to a bunch of parties. I didn't drink. I did some of those things. I was able to hold on to. But one of the things I did do is that one night I did go to a party <laughs> and I ended up meeting my wife uh, to be. But when I when I went and when I got focused and everything and tried to do all that, I realized I couldn't do the things I want, really wanted to do. My human nature was bent, you know, towards doing wrong. And so <clears throat> when I got drafted in the third round by the Washington Redskins that year, Daryl Green went in the first round, I went in the third. When I flew out to, to, to Washington here, when I walked into the locker room, I, I was very familiar with that locker room. It was a scratch and sniff sock locker room. The scratch and sniff guys were the guys I was regular, I, I knew. They were the bad mouth womanizers, you know, they were your typical jock. And then there was a little smaller group in there of guys that were not, uh, they were different. There was something about them. They looked you in the eye when they spoke to you. They just seemed to be more sincere. And I said, hey, I'm 3,000 miles away. Uh, nobody knows me from Adam. I can hang with anybody. The scratch and sniff guys, I'm already one of those guys. I've been that guy. So I hung out with the other guys. The other guys were Daryl Green and Art Monk and Monty Coleman and Mel Kaufman and a guy named Ken Coffey. Ken Coffey and I happened to be roommates. So we, he and I hung out a lot together over that summer getting ready for my first NFL season. And um, one day he, in between shifting and his BMW 320i, he reaches over and puts his hand on my knee and he said, man, I love you. And I said, oh my God, that's what's wrong with these guys. Oh no, they're gay. And I was thinking that in my mind and all of a sudden he said, with the love of the Lord. And somehow that made sense. I didn't understand it, but it made my heart turn flips. 
because I never, ever told anybody I loved them, not even my parents. I mean, I knew my father loved me. I knew my mother loved me because they were there every night. They provided for us. But I never said the word love to anybody. And now this man is telling me it, but it, it made my heart turn flips. And so it took me about a month, month and a half later to tell him I loved him back with the love of the Lord. But uh, it, it started me down a road. So my father, his dying in, in March uh, 17th, 1982, brought me new life. Because that's when I start questioning what life was all about. That's when I tried to make commitments that I couldn't keep. That's when it started that whole cycle. And then finally, I gave in to, you know, this guy named Ken Coffey. I made the right decision in the locker room. And then finally, on, on, on September the 5th, 1983, uh, by the way, that night, we playing the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football, my first regular season NFL game of my career. And the night before, September 4th, in the Dulles Airport Marriott, I got on my knees uh, and, and asked the Lord into my life as my Lord and Savior. And it's been a remarkable change. I know Charles before Christ. None of you all know Charles before Christ. I know what kind of guy he was. He wasn't a good guy. And I know what, what my life has turned out to be because I've given my life over to him. That's a great story. So tell us how you integrate that faith into your work, going from football to your real estate business today. Well, first of all, it, it's, you got to be very strategic. So I'm like Bartholomew one of the prophets in the Bible. I've got the heart of Bar Bartholomew, which means I'm an encourager. So I like to encourage people. If you read Romans 12, the chapter, the 12th chapter, you'll read in there, and I had all my kids do this. I have three kids. I've re made them read Romans chapter 12 and then understand who they are inside of that chapter. Inside of that chapter, it talks about if you're if you're a teacher, then let them teach. If you're, you know, have uh, the uh, the gift of te preaching, then let them preach. If it's showing encouragement, show encouragement. I make all of my kids look and see what they think their gifting is, and that's a God-given gift, and then exploit it. So mine is a is a uh, encourager. So all day long, I encourage. So everywhere I go, whatever, whatever setting I'm in, I find myself in my gifting and I encourage people. And that's what I do. And, and somehow in the midst of that, you see something's different. Why is this guy so nice to me? Why is he always encouraging me? Why is it always half full, not half empty? Why? And then, you know, when, you, when I get the opportunity, then I get to say, well, well I serve a, a mighty God. And so I... I I'm able to love on people in a way that seems strange to them. Why is this guy, he, had, he played professional football, he's got three Super Bowl rings. He, why is he talking to me? Why is he looking me in the eye? Why is he giving of himself? Well, I get to share why once you finally, and they always ask, what is it about you? And it's through me knowing that I have the gift of encouragement, and I do it all day long. That's great. I need to find up our thought. <laughs> I need to carry you around with me. Well, I can't carry you. You're huge. Our listeners can't see you, but you're twice twice my size. Anyway, so um, so I always like to find out, do you think God has a sense of humor? And and if you do, how has he shown that to you? Well, I, I certainly think God has a sense of humor, and, it's, and we think... We think it's a sense of humor because God's ways and his thoughts aren't men's ways and thoughts. You know, we don't, 
if we think something should be up, then God in his economy, he sees it down. You know, those who shall be first must be last. Um, and so that's the way, I, you know. And so for me, it's as big as I am. I'm six foot six, 200. I played at 275. Wow. I, I weigh now 255. Still but, huge. But six foot six, I fell in love and didn't, wasn't looking for love, but fell in love with a five foot two woman, <laughs> you know. And so I think that's pretty funny. And and uh, and we have been together for 34 years now, uh, and the the so the funny thing is how God puts people together. I mean, she was she didn't say one word, and I talked like crazy, and now she's changed. Now every time we had a child, she got more and more bold, and so we got three children. Now she does not the quiet little lady that I had met a long time ago. She never even ate in front of me for about the first year or so. But anyway, um, so I think that's kind of funny how God takes people and puts them together that are coming from totally different backgrounds and just totally different from each other. Well, that's a great story. Charles, I thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Carl Grant here with Charles Mann. If you want to be encouraged while you do your real estate business, look him up. Uh, you can find him on LinkedIn or at Verity Commercial. Be sure to follow us on Facebook at Faith at Work Radio and to subscribe to our podcast at, at any of the major podcast networks. Thank you. Yes, I gotta have faith. You have been listening to Faith at Work with Carl Grant, brought to you by LimeRevive.org. I gotta have faith, faith, faith.